Welcome to the show. This is TJ. Hi, it's Michael. Michael, are you a power bottom? I like to be tied up. I like to be handcuffed. <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's go to a commercial, Michael. They're not commercials. <laughs> Michael. Welcome to Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. I just don't like her. Your hosts, CJ and Michael Burlow. Wait, why can't I say that? It's a lot bigger in person. Stop it. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Screaming. By searching the Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. You really don't understand. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> And now, here are your hosts, CJ and Michael. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're a winner. You're a winner, baby. You're not a winner. You're a wiener. You're a wiener. You are a wiener. Oscar Mayer, you're a wiener. You're talking too loud into your microphone. <laughs> you're welcome. First, I'm not loud enough because of echo. Now, I'm too loud. I'm just a perfectionist with audio, so are you? me. Are yeah. You? Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled edition of the Queerenstein Bears podcast. <laughs> My name is Michael. Hi, I'm CJ. You don't say. You're a wiener. Oscar Mayer wiener. No. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Alright, so before you torture these lovely listeners anymore with our vocal stylings, the both of us, how was your week? Wow, we're diving right into it. We're not going to even do our normal banter before we even dive into that. I mean, are we just saying for 45 (laughs) seconds, so I feel like they got enough out of us. I don't think so. No? No. It's been a, like, it's a Tuesday, Michael. It's the beginning of the week. We should liven everything up, make sure that everyone is super excited and happy to hear our voices. And, you know, it's tw- it's, it's tweedling down toward the end of June, which is the end of Pride Month, and I'm, and I'm kind of upset that, like, Pride Month's over. Someone's sniffing some rainbow something across this table. No, I'm just, you know, this is the first, like, we didn't get Pride Month last month last year because of COVID. Right. We were all kind of cooped up in our houses, and this is the first time that, like, in the last 12 months that we've been able to kind of get out and actually celebrate Pride and be able to get out there and actually do things. So, like, the world reopened on the exact month that it should have. I mean, like... I guess, but like, I don't need a month to be happy about who I am. No, but it's not about being who you are. You should be happy about who you are every day of your right. life. But it's about celebrating the fact that, like, we're queer. I, I trust me, I celebrate the fact that I'm queer every day, sis. Every day, sis. But to answer your question, my week was phenomenal. What, did you do anything fun, exciting, nope, new? Nothing. Nothing at fucking all. It was wonderful. I got my shot. I'm vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated. You should have seen how sick he got after the shot. Huck, I turned white as a ghost, started sweating both. I hate needles. If there's something in this entire world, I hate needles. But put a barbed wire table in front of me and throw me through it, and we're all set. Right, this big scary man across <laughs> the table from me is afraid of needles. But put a needle in front of me, and I'm done. I was sitting there hyperventilating and pacing and sweating and like freaking the fuck out. When you came out of that room, I'm surprised I didn't. You didn't. And like, her. I was like. I turned white as a ghost. I was sweating. I was super dizzy. Like, I felt like I was going to faint for the first time in my entire life. Like, it was just rough. And, like, I'm sitting there drinking a bottle of water. Ginger's sitting there smoking a cigarette. Michael's just relaxing. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to This is where it ends. This is how I die. Right now, right here, because I'm freaking out over a fucking vaccination shot. But I'm surprised, though, like, even though you, like, freaked out at the beginning of it, you actually didn't You didn't really get sick from no, it. No, me and Ginger didn't get sick at all from it. Like, people kept telling us, oh, you're going to get sick. You're going to feel this. You're going to feel that. You're going to 
be like kind of gross out of commission for a few days you were even sick for a little while i was a sick for, hours. i was sick for a couple hours um, yeah the only thing that really bothered me about the entire process was my arm hurt other than that like i was up walking like i was perfectly fine i didn't get any side effects no symptoms like nothing and i, I had a, a i had a knock fever on wood that i continue to not feel anything it's been a couple of days since you I've should be fine it. at this point but it's been a week it's been a week since i've gotten the shot yeah. so nothing nothing so far i should be okay give me another week and i'll be a fully vaccinated woman except that tail that's growing shut the fuck up that's always been there Shut up. <laughs> so stupid. Michael, how was your week? It was good. I also did absolutely nothing. Um, I served some breakfast. I Your friends are here. My are friends are here. I have friends in town right now. My lovely friend Taylor and her friend Tyler are here visiting. Yeah. You... My house is the holiday inn once again. <laughs> once again, your mom left, your friends came in. Right. I don't good. mind. They're fantastic. I love them both. They're great. So yeah. I'm excited to see them. You know, we did dinner on Monday with them. We did a couple awesome things. We did. We're going to Disney yeah. later in the week. Yeah. So... It was a good week. Some exciting things are coming up this week. I know. So this week, in case you don't know, on Thursday is the world premiere of All Stars 6. And why should we be excited about that, CJ? Because Ginger's on it. And who's that? That's my husband. That's your famous (laughs) husband. (laughs) Every time. See, I wasn't going to mention it. I already said his name three times. I'm surprised he didn't come through the door and go, hey, it's showtime. Kool-Aid man. Or like Beetlejuice. Or that. Because Beetlejuice 3. Yep. Anyway. And then the album comes out this week too. It comes out on Friday. I know. I'm so excited. So finally, everyone gets to listen to what we have been sitting on for three years. Finally, everyone gets to listen to Gummy Bear. Go pre-order it if you haven't already pre-ordered it. You can go to my profile, Michael's profile, Ginger's profile. Uh, Click on the link and pre-save. It. Pre-saving it is super important, everybody. It allows Spotify and Apple Music to put it onto playlists before it comes out. Basically, um, so if you don't pre-save it, we're not going to be on the top of the charts on Spotify. Exactly. So go and pre-save it. If you're going to listen to it even once, just go pre-save it. It also makes it easier for you because then it automatically gets added to your library on Friday. You don't have to search it. You don't have to find it. It will automatically be there and you can be the first to listen to it. Um, but it's eight amazing tracks. I'm featured on one of them on Chub Love with Jiggly Caliente. Uh, Lady Bunny's on it. Stacey Matthews, Johnny McGovern, Johnny McGovern, Eureka O'Hara, Katya's on the album. Uh, so it's a who's That's who. everybody, right? That's it's everybody. a who's who of everybody on the album. Um, so make sure you go pre-save it. Gummy Bear comes out on Friday. So I'm so excited. And then we also have a little special thing that also comes out this week, which I'm not going to say. Uh, you'll just, you'll see it come out this week. So I'm excited for that Keep as well. Keep your eyes peeled, everybody. Yes. Lots of fun things are coming Lots out. Lots of fun, fun things. So, um, but yeah, some, some really, really fun content that I've been kind of milling away at for the last couple of months so chris sits in the like chris sits in the office like the phantom of the opera with like a like a rope like a, like a blanket cape around him just in front of the macbook and like someone turns the lights on he like turns his head like an owl and it's like, get, out! get out you will be banished to the shadow realm get out basically that's yeah what, that's it, what happens yeah but it's just been a labor of love and I'm, and I'm so excited for everyone to kind of see what what is gonna happen this season because it is, knows? it is a <laughs> it is a season. It is a season. It sis. is a season. Uh, the fashion is next world, and just what what everyone's gonna see is gonna really kind of blow their minds. So I'm excited for everyone to see it. Me too. And actually. I'm excited for everyone to see the the content that I've been so hard at work on. Because if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. You're gonna basically love it. Chris has been slaving away. So yeah, that's the ending. And I yeah. Have nothing fun coming up this week. No, nope, but I mean, I can, to, sit, I can just sit back and watch though all the you stuff get I've been watching you guys wave. work at. You yeah. get to, see, this is Michael's first time riding the wave of knowing somebody who's on season. Yeah. Um. So he's in for a a <laughs> wild wave, if you will, of just oh, kind of emotion and response. So let's do it. Let's buckle it, up. It's sis. gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I promise. It's 
it's never it's never a boring time when Ginger's on season. So I think it's what's happening next week, CJ. What, Michael? I think you know. Why don't you tell people? We are once again hosting the Room for All event at Room 22 at downtown Orlando. At Room 22, like I just said, it is a queer party, if you will, that runs uh, from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. at Room 22 in downtown Orlando. You can get all that info on our pages, um, as well as at Room 22 on Instagram and Facebook. You can also look up Room for All on all social platforms, and you'll be able to find out all the information. Of course, drag queens, bottle service, drink specials all night. It's a blast. It is a blast. It's hosted by our good friend Tora Hyman, who was the winner of Camp Wanakiki Season 2 on YouTube, and DJ Scott Roberts, who's a beamer, who is nominated currently for Favorite DJ in Orlando. He spins the hits all night. Speaking of nominations, guess who's also nominated in this? (laughs) (laughs) Ginger's nominated for Favorite Comedian? Yeah, favorite local comedian. I think that's a joke. That's the joke that... Well, we told her and she was like, what? I'm a comedian? Uh, Surprise! Apparently they give out awards for funny looking now. I love her. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I can't wait for that to be the clip I used. That ain't being the the clip that we use for nothing. (laughs) That ain't gonna be it. it, That ain't gonna be it, doll face. (laughs) Michael. What? I think we should dive in to the final episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under because (sighs) this was the last week of that headache. Queen down under our tucks are done <laughs> let's do it let's talk about it because we have to now it's off to the races hooray ketamine one we're done <laughs> spoiler alert Michael. spoiler alert ketamine wins you're a winner i mean i'm glad she won i'm really really glad that she won yes i might if you didn't know she was gonna win by the end when it was the top four then you were just I'm... denying yourself the ability to see that I really thought I wanted her to win, but I really thought they were going to give it to Scarlett. So here's the thing. Ready? They weren't going to give it to Scarlett because she's, she's a racist. She was, not even that. Like, well, I'm going to do this politically correct. Um, it wasn't going to go to Scarlett because she's problematic. Okay. It wasn't going to go to Art Simone because she was eliminated and never won a challenge. Okay. It wasn't going to go to Karen from Finance because she had the worst track record. And she was also problematic. Yes, but going just based off of one thing per person, she had the worst track record. It, Kidamine may not have been everyone's favorite, but she logistically was the winner from the minute they announced that top four. Oh, absolutely like even if they didn't do hashtag team whoever even though ketamine was like miles she annihilated she everybody. was like kilometers see see what it did ah look at that um, <clears throat> look at you using the metric system <laughs> ahead of everybody like it wasn't even a contest when it came to her winning and rightfully so i love ketamine you know she's been a really good friend of mine and ginger for a, a while now every time we're over there she is the nicest fucking person in the world so i'm i'm so happy she won and i'm so happy that she has the opportunity to to wear that crown carry that scepter and, and kind of carry around that title of down under's first drag superstar so that is incredible two big girls in a row let's keep it going no i mean she's a pseudo big girl she was a big girl she lost a lot of weight well that's like so. saying like jiggly's not a big girl jiggly used to be a big girl so no, like but also people saying roxy andrews was a big no bitch she was big and juicy she wasn't a big girl she was never a big girl. the first time she was on she was a big girl no she was she was always thick and juicy it was never she was never a plus size queen that's fair i don't know i'm just happy that she won her, Me too. She had a great verse in I'm a Winter Baby, which we, is their final song. Can we talk about that song for a minute, though? It's a great song. I love the, the cuts that they did to make it something that the queens could do verses to. The verses were horrendous. Girl, Karen's verse is one of the worst verses. We're all friends. I love my friends. We're all gonna win. What? We're gonna get a promotion because I have reference to an office. Like, like no. What? I'm surprised Steve Carell didn't come out as fucking uh, yeah, like, <laughs> from the office and just start rapping with her. That is 
is even worse than I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear. Yes, <laughs> like, but at least like the I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear verse is like iconic, iconically bad. Right. So you can work with it and have fun with it. It was also on one of the best seasons. But then you get Karen from Finance, which is just like I work in an office. Promotion. Look at us. We're all friends. We all are gonna win. No bitch. No, There's bitch. only one winner. <sighs> only one of you is getting a check and a crown and a scepter, and it's not gonna be you. She didn't understand the assignment for the final song just like ellie diamond didn't understand the final song like i think art had one of the cuter lines ar i'm gonna spill the tea that's cute that was cute but then you know kidda came in it was a bitch i'm gonna fucking wipe the floor with all of you with my verse right so she did it and then you know scarlet Scarlet was kind of just there yeah scarlet was just there i did like scarlet's finale outfit though that like black strappy like sultry diva thing um karen wore the same hair that she's worn kidda wore the same hair and same costume that she's been wearing and art kind of look like somebody's grandmother's first gay pride outfit i saw that i was like oh honey and she was like i'm just gonna if it's a rainbow and putting it on me her dyed hair her outfit it was just very much like that and then it was very performative i thought her outfit was extremely performative yeah no i agree but it was definitely definitely a season i feel like she relies art i feel like she relies too much on the character i feel like you don't really know who she is i feel like like with like kidamine you know that you know the character kidamine but you also like kind of know the person behind the character with like how she's been being real on the show i feel like Art Savone is very much like just you don't know what she is or if she's real or who she is besides the character. Yeah. And you know with season 13 being the longest drag race season we ever had I feel like Down Under was the most fun drag race season in recent memories. I didn't really particularly like it. Why? It just felt very convoluted and rushed cheap and like last minute you just didn't like it because scarlett adams was on it no i have no problem with her being on it it's here nor there she can be a racist all she wants and ruin her own life that's that's whatever she wants to do i just felt like it was a very cheaply done quickly put together season and like art going home and then coming back made no sense there was no trajectory for that like there was no reason for that i feel like the set looked cheap i feel like the challenges weren't that great it just was very i felt like it was very last minute hodgepodge we're already overseas filming a bunch of other stuff let's just hop on over to New Zealand and Australia and just film some kangaroo bitches for a minute. Wow. Wow. I mean, do you not disagree? Do you think it wasn't cheap? It didn't look cheap? I mean, it did look cheap, but I also feel like it was a rushed season simply because they wanted to get it done and out of the way while everything was still open. Right, but there. I feel like it, ta- it it showed in the product. I feel like See, you- I don't. I don't think it showed that it was rushed. I think they really kind of put enough time into it to make you feel something for the girls make you care about the girls i think production was very season one just like uk last year was very season one canada was very season one but i don't feel like uk uk to me didn't look cheap season one did oh see i don't think so i oh, think they all se- i still think season one of uk is one of the best drag race seasons we've ever had oh i disagree i absolutely adore season one um, of uk but every season one of a drag race spinoff always has a rough first season it's a new camera crew and a new production team they're working with so they're still working out the kinks they're still trying to work out all of those kind of things while world of wonder is the producers behind it it's still a brand new team doing everything a brand routine would you say but i just feel like as a season one it was a good season i i don't feel like it was rushed it didn't to me at least it didn't because you still had those moments like in this final episode with the joffrey lunch or the joffa lunch which was their tic-tac lunch you got that you got a better raw emotion from their interviews on down under than you did with any of the american seasons if you will because it wasn't as much production behind it right and i feel like the american version is such like a machine and such like a it's literally like an assembly 
storyline. They throw 14 girls into it and they see what comes out at the end. Like it's nothing changes year to year to year to year here. Yeah, I think it was still a good season. I'm excited to see what they do with season two if they actually allow. Did they renew it for season two? I don't know. They haven't announced if they have or not. But I'm hoping for season two it's not a hand-picked cast um, and the girls from Australia audition. and New Zealand can audition like they do on all the other spinoffs and stuff. Um, and I'm hoping that they allow auditions because there's so many talented queens in Australia bring and New Anita Zealand back. that I think they have such a wide talent pool, especially pulling from two different areas. I'm excited to see. I really am excited to see what they do with season two. I hope that the production level is a little bit higher. Um, but it needs to be elevated. But if it remains the same, it remains the same. I mean, it was still a good season for our first season. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I, it wasn't awful. It just was, like I said, I think it looked like rushed in the product. It's nor here nor there. It's done. Ketamine is our winner. Finally, we can say that. And now we go off to All-Star 6 land next week. So I'm so excited for 6. I can't uh, wait. I can tell you this, and I'm, this is me just being forward to this. Next week, when we start talking about All-Star 6, it'll probably be longer as we talk about it because there's so much that we have about All-Star 6, seeing as that Ginger's on season. There'll be things that we say that you may not all agree with. I will be as unbiased as possible, even though Ginger is my husband and is on the show. If I... I feel like what he did was not up to par with what I think. I will tell straight up, this is what it is. You are all going to sit there and say, well, Ginger's, uh, CJ's always going to defend Ginger's choices. That is not true. I was not there filming it. <laughs> I only know what I will see on TV like everyone else. The only thing I know ahead of schedule is what Ginger wore. Right. And that's about it. So I hope you guys are really ready for raw fucking emotion when it comes to All-Star 6 because that's what you're going to get during these reviews of the episodes. I can't wait for... I more importantly can't wait for everybody to see what you wore on the show. Oh, I can't That's my... Like, that's... You guys aren't ready. (laughs) The fashion is killer. It is. It is. She really is a frogginista this fucking season. Girl, wait. Yeah, right? Michael, let's go to commercial! But, 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 yeah, okay. What? Nothing. What? Nothing. What? I just wanted to send it to a commercial, but you can't. Oh, okay, then throw it to a commercial. You already did it too late. Okay, cool, bye. Rise and shine, all stars. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is sashaying to its new home exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I love Plus. Sass, the class, and all this ass. She's back. This is it, round two. I see talent, talent, talent. I have been dreaming about this second chance, so get the ready. It's a showstopper. You look incredible. Back to claim my crown. This season of All Stars is going to be a game within a game. I am gagged. Child. The girls are out for blood. All Stars is a game of friendships and strategy. You want to be here, show it. This is redemption time. Just not to come at you. What it is to come at me. Hold on. Don't do that. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Relationships are going to have to come into play. Get ready. It was right on point. I am obsessed with your outfit. Amazing job all around. This is not enough. Can my all-stars rise to the challenge? Let's do this. There's the podcast. What's up, motherfucking dick pigs? We're back. Wow, that was aggressive. <laughs> was it? I've never seen you be so masculine, three. Um, excuse me. <laughs> I am very masculine. Okay, Michael. I grunt and I moan like a man. Uh, or 
okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Congratulations, Michael. I take it like a man. Get the dick pig award. Congratulations. Thanks. Michael, have you been watching this show on Hulu, Love, Victor? Uh, no, I have not. No? No. Like you haven't watched one episode? No. I've seen bits and pieces of when people have had it out in the background, but I refuse to watch it. Why? Because. Because why? <laughs> because I refuse to support another show, once again, trying to queer bait us. Michael, what's queer baiting for those who may not necessarily know what it is? Oh, <clears throat> great he just pulled the soapbox out give him a second dr michael is here and i'm ready to educate please don't refer to yourself as dr michael be like, hey, daddy michael. dr faggot paging Page- dr faggot <laughs> stop it <laughs> um no so queer meeting essentially is when you it's kind of one of two things when you're either putting like per- being performative for the gay community so it's like having are there aren't there relationship on tv or casting non-gay individuals to play gay like gay characters or kind of, you know, using the LGBTQ community as a marketing ploy or, like, as, like, a, a way to get viewership or a way to get us talking and us, like, kind of being involved in the conversation about some form of media. So, like, would you count, like, Poe and Finn from Star Wars queerbaiting? No, because it wasn't directly written into the movie. No, but they kind of hinted a lot towards their gay relationship via trailer and kind of like, are they or aren't they? I feel so like that would was... You, would you consider like, say, not necessarily saying they are, but kind of hinting and trying to show people, hey, come and see the movie because they, be they may be a thing as queerbaiting? No, because I feel like that was more the fans crafting something more than Disney was putting it out there. I feel like there was an inkling of it based on the way that things were edited, but I don't feel like that was the intention going in. Whereas I feel like the fans crafted that into something. So, we're like, we're, we're, we're like, we're reverse that was when when they did Beauty and the Beast and they said that LeFou was gay. That was queer baiting because they someone came out and said it and then nothing ever really happened from it. Okay, I, but that's the big difference to me is like the Finn and Poe thing. It was very much like ah, the fans kind of pulled and plucked and prodded and made it into something that it wasn't. Whereas in Beauty and the Beast, they kind of said that, hey, LeFou's going to be gay. And there was one quick little scene that didn't even have anything to do with being gay in it. Yeah. And that was their reasoning. And they got the whole articles and the headlines and the conversation going on. Hey, there's going to be the first openly gay character in a Disney movie. Do you think that, like, their response in Star Wars of having that quick lesbian kiss at the end of the last Disney Star Wars movie was kind of their way of saying, hey... We lied about Finn and Poe, and we're going to make it up by having this quick lesbian kiss in the background that if you blink, you miss. I feel like that was pandering adjacent. Okay. Um, so to me, it's like a very thin line because like, yeah, it's cool that you want to throw that in there and give a nod to like, hey, there's dykes in space. But like, <laughs> but like, I, I feel like that was like kind of just like thrown in there just to be thrown in there. Because yeah. it wasn't like, there wasn't like, come see Star Wars because these two chicks kiss. Like, it wasn't, like, advertised. Like, that just happened to have happened in the movie. No, but I feel like that's the same with, like, a lot of queerbaiting kind of things. It's not a, hey, look, watch this homosexual interaction. It's more about the, well, are they or aren't they? It's kind of like with Cursed Child, the Harry Potter novel that turned into a brother show. The whole character of Albus and Severus, you know, Potter's kid and Malfoy's kid, they kind of have this, like, bromance going on. They're best friends. I use air quotes for that because the way it reads uh, in the book is that they are, like, secretly homosexual lovers. Okay. And then in the show, it kind of plays that way, too. Okay. So it's kind of like the forbidden love kind of thing where their their dads were mortal enemies, all this kind of stuff, but they never fully come out and say they're homosexuals. They just have it kind of that the way that it feels while reading and watching 
it comes across very much as this. And I don't think it was necessarily on purpose, but if you have never read Cursed Child, read it and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It is very much a tongue-in-cheek, they are lovers, but without saying it. But I then I digress to like, in Love, Victor, you have two uh, heterosexual men playing homosexuals when that easily could have been two actual homosexuals of our community in that role. And that's where the problem is for me. The problem isn't that you're kind of putting gay storylines out there and using that like to like kind of garner attention for your show the issue of it for me is when it's disingenuous and it's individuals that should not be playing these roles and that aren't familiar with these experiences in life trying to you know be performative and trying to put on this face of a hey I'm gay in this movie I know what it's like because they don't at the end of the day really know what it's like yeah look at James Corden right every plus size gay person in a movie you know the prom uh, that's the biggest one that I can think of right now but it's like why did we cast somebody and i'm just gonna say it because ginger said it in the car the other day well why didn't we cast ginger in that role right you know why wasn't the opportunity presented to somebody who is a name as ginger or latrice or any of the other plus size girls who can sing you know even nina right why wasn't it offered to someone like that to play that role Um, the role has to be plus size because Because that's the role in on broadway but the fact that like it wasn't even opened up to somebody like that to play somebody so genuine in that role it's because james corden sells tickets and no offense, like Ginger Minge wouldn't sell as many tickets as James Corden. But or, I don't think... Or Latrice Royale wouldn't sell as many tickets as James Corden. But I look at it and go, he got so much hate and bad press for it that I don't think James Corden was the sell for the prom. I think no. it was Meryl Streep that was the sell to go and see the prom. Or the fact that like it was a Tony Award winning show that people wanted to see a movie of. And that it was, regardless of James Corden, it was still a gay love story where even the main girl who played in the prom wasn't gay. Right. She was a a heterosexual cis cis woman woman in that role as a lesbian. And it just really shows you that mainstream media still doesn't take gay actors, regardless of level of fame, as serious as somebody who is heteronormative. Well, that's like what I, because like I call it the Scarlett Johansson syndrome. It's like basically the go-to like thought process or model is hire Scarlett Johansson. So she was cast in Ghost in the Shell and it was all this backlash and all this, you know, kind of pushback because she was playing a character that was Asian. And, you know, that's kind of where the conversation kind of breaks down. It's like, why aren't we giving these opportunities to gay individuals or to Asian people or to African-Americans or just anybody of color that instead of kind of trying to whitewash and kind of heterowash these movies and these roles. No, I agree. And, you know, look at Broadway. Broadway does the same kind of thing. You know, look at the West End original cast of Miss Saigon with Jonathan Price playing the engineer who is Asian. He owns the brothel in Vietnam right. that, you know, Kim works at and they fall in love at and all this other thing. And then when it was coming over to Broadway, there was this huge spark debate by B.D. Wong and if you don't know who B.D. Wong is, you know, he's in Law & Order. He was the scientist in Jurassic Park and is a very talented singer and actor who was a Broadway person before he went on to TV. Campaigned so hard for that role, but they gave it to Jonathan Price over on Broadway as well because Jonathan Price has the name. Right. So instead of putting somebody who knows the struggle of being an Asian American, they just gave it to somebody who was white and old because he could draw. Right. And it's just it's just so sad because, you know, that was Leah Salonga's first huge show that she did but it's just it it continues nowadays you know with glee it may not be queer baiting but they had archie was the paraplegic right who wasn't really a paraplegic in real life right oh yeah so instead of casting somebody who's handy capable they went and just used him instead when there's plenty of people out there who could have played that role who are authentically that Right, or having Darren Chris play a, uh, a closeted gay man. Yeah, and opposite Chris Coffer, who uh, is gay. Right, and it's just, 
we, we hire these actors to do these jobs and they're not familiar with the experience. It would be, it's the same thing as casting a white actor to play a black role. White Americans or anybody that's not a person of color is not familiar and not, cannot relate and cannot understand the experience of being a person of color. Exactly. Like look at, you know, the original queer baiting TV show with Xena, Princess Warrior, or Xena and Gabrielle. Right. Who, it was like kind of, are they a thing? Are they a bunch of lesbians? I've actually never seen it. No? No. Okay, so. I remember they had these at the in Universal, but. Cliff notes. Gabrielle was her like assistant, and there was this like kind of like unspoken love thing between the two of them. Okay. Where after the show ended, Lisa, who played Xena, came out and said, "Oh yeah, they were they were lovers. They were a thing, but it was never actually said on the show. So they weren't eating warrior pussy on the show. <laughs> no, Xena warrior tyke. Zero warrior cunt. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't. They never fully came out until after the last season aired. Three or four years later, they she came out and said, "Oh yep, they were a thing. But it was such a different time. I mean, that was ninety five, ninety six, when the biggest like controversy on TV about being gay was fucking Roseanne kissing somebody." Right, or that's why I feel like even like the Harry Potter books, I felt like it was very performative of J.K. Rowling to come out after the books had been finished to be like, yeah, Dumbledore was gay. Like you didn't think that was that wasn't important to mention via the books and via ten years ago. I think that was very much used to create headlines and used to you know kind of inspire conversation and for people to talk about Harry Potter again. Yeah, but I mean. It's good that they finally came out and said that Dumbledore was gay because you kind of had that feeling he was gay. Right, but like, why movies. is it something that had to be hidden or brushed under the rug or oh, not yeah. mentioned? Well, because J.K. Rowling's a, a huge trans. Well, we cunt, know we, so. we know that now that she's homophobic and transphobic and disgusting, essentially. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. And then you know you go into like nowadays with again James Corden or look uh, at like Will and Grace. Will, exactly, like Jack McFarlane is a homosexual in in real life. Right, but Eric McCormick, who plays Will, is straight as an arrow and has a wife and three kids. Yep. Look at fucking. Uh, Modern Family. Yeah. The big Cam. Cam is a straight male in real life. What's his name? Eric Stoner Street? I yeah. Think? But played a flamboyantly gay plus size person on TV. And it turns, it makes our community. Is Jesse Tyler Ferguson really gay? Yes. He's okay, really so gay. he's really gay. But it takes our community and makes it a joke or a punchline instead of allowing us to tell these real stories. So like when a real movie comes out about our community, it's not viewed as serious because the gay people in that movie aren't a punchline and they aren't a joke. It just, if it's not fun because they're not snapping their fingers screaming yas and just being a fairy people don't care Right, and then it like, and then it like, it presents this dichotomy to me where like, I think of things in the past in media where we've had straight actors give phenomenal performances as members of the community. So like, I'm thinking of two, the two that I like stick out in my mind are I think of things like Boys Don't Cry with Hilary Swank playing Brandon Tina, or I think of Felicity Huffman playing the transgender character in Trans America. You have these great iconic moments in film that we have straight actors playing trans individuals, and I'm like, does having an opinion on queer baiting now 10 or 15 or 20 years later negate the conversations that those films and those works of art inspired i think see i look at it this way if the director and the casting agency went out and actively looked for somebody who was part of our community and said we went out and we tried our hardest to find somebody that would play this role that we want and then at the end of the day they could not find somebody who is part of our community to play that role and they went with Hilary Swank for Boys Don't Cry, then yes, I would not negate the the choice to have her play the role. But if there was somebody who walked into that casting agent who was perfect for that role, but because they didn't cast him because they wanted Hilary Swank because she has a name, then there's something wrong. Right, and to me, like the way I look at those kind of things is this was also 20 years ago. 
and the trans experience, the trans conversation, or even like the gay conversation, the gay experience wasn't as openly out in the open and predominant as it is now. So I feel like 20 years ago, it would have been much harder to cast an authentic trans individual in these roles because these are almost 20 year old movies. Well, now no, I understand, but that's what I'm saying. Like if they actively went out and tried to look for somebody who knows that that trans life right, back if- then, and they couldn't, then fine. But if there was somebody back then who fit that role perfectly and they said no because you're not Hillary Swank, then that's where I have the issue. Right, no, and I agree. But it's like, look at Felicity Hoffman, you know, who was in Transamerica fucking in 2005. You're going right. to tell me there's nobody who, in, in our community in 2005, who knows the trans lifestyle was available? No, I feel like she definitely was chosen because she was Felicity Hoffman and she was on the biggest television show in America at the time, Desperate Housewives. I feel like that definitely had a lot to do with her casting. Yeah, and also look at like another big movie in 2005. Brokeback fucking mountain. But right. Like you chose obviously Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal because of their names to play right. this queer these two queer cowboys instead of putting two people in there in two thousand and five to play two queer people. That one's a weird one to me because have you seen Brokeback Mountain? Yes. So they're straight, but they're gay, but they're straight. That's a very iffy casting wise one to me because they're they live their lives as straight males, but when they're together, they're gay. So like to me, it's a very like it's a closet case. It's moment. a closet case moment. So in that situation. Do you cast a straight man or do you cast a, a gay individual? I personally, if if there is a gay person going for that role, cast the gay person. I There's, don't. I agree. There is not enough roles out there that are specific for gay people. That when a movie comes around about our lives, even if it's not a real story about our lives, a queer actor should be cast in those roles because there is enough straight movies about straight people out there that there are not enough roles for gay people. That I think when a movie comes around for us, we should be the first in line to get cast. For. I agree, and I feel like if the, when we are first in line to be cast, it's we're the sidekick, we're the best friend, oh, yeah, we're no, the absolutely. sassy one, we're the, oh, we're the yes girl. Oh yeah, and that's why like Sean Penn was cast to play Harvey Milk. Yes. I thought it was a phenomenal, like he was perfect in that role. It was a great movie. Because it wasn't a joke. Right. Harvey Milk was such a fucking inspiration to so many people that he did justice to that role and it wasn't him making a mockery or making fun of the gay experience. Right. So at that point, like where do we draw the line though because I agree that Sean Penn was amazing in that role right but should have been somebody who knows the gay lifestyle or do we think that Sean Penn was perfect for that role and just forgive the fact that he was cast as Harvey Miller and it begs like the conversation on do we ever get to a point in life or a point in culture where acting is acting and anybody can play anybody as long as they're respectful no because I don't feel like any white people should play anybody who is not white no I agree I agree even even like even if you are like I don't agree and I'm gonna get hate for this comment that I don't think Cynthia Erivo should have played Harriet Tubman. But you have a logical and a thoughtful reason on why she shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't understand why I say that, it's because it's not really queer baiting, but it goes into the, it, it dives into the topic that we're talking about. Cynthia Erivo played Harriet Tubman. I don't agree that she should have played Harriet Tubman simply because um, she doesn't know that lifestyle of being an American slave. She wasn't a descendant of slaves. She is a British actress who knew racism from uh, the UK and didn't know the the things that the slaves went through. Right. And she, she's familiar with the black experience but she's not familiar specifically with the american black experience exactly she'd be familiar with what it, exactly. what, it, what she experienced over in europe so personally i think it should have went to somebody who is a descendant of somebody who was a slave who's an actor that's just me i think that it would have been a lot i think the the show the movie would have been a lot more raw and a lot more real but i understand why they cast in the revo i mean she fucking sang in the show in the movie right uh, and did a whole soundtrack so i understand her casting and she's a huge name so i get that but at the same time do i think she should have been cast as that 
role? I don't. I really don't. Yeah, and it just it just opens up conversation in Hollywood, and we I think we need these things and these these topics to be brought up, and we need to continue the conversation going because we need to get to a point where we're authentically presenting stories and authentically presenting people's experiences in media that aren't whitewashed or aren't hetero washed or aren't oh I agree aren't completely forcibly performative yeah for the general public to make it more palatable more swallowable for the general population <clears throat> I agree and it's like I, I don't know I'm just kind of sick of seeing cis white straight men playing gay people yeah it's just like, it's just kind of aggravating at this point like it's gotten to the point now where i don't want to see fucking james corden anything anymore no and like oh i don't mind him playing anything as long as he's not playing gay but i feel like he plays into like what he thinks being gay is and, and has no idea yeah but like right now on tv besides love victor like Ewan mcgregor's playing holston that's that's another queer baiting example <laughs> right it just but, like i said it just it just it inspires conversation and it keeps us talking and it, it needs to be dealt with it needs to be addressed and it needs hollywood needs to do better and we need to kind of as a community hold those in casting positions and in those in media responsible and accountable for the casting decisions that they make in these films and in these movies and these TV shows. Exactly. Exactly. And let gays play gays. Right. End of story. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. And don't allow your kids to dress up as uh, any people of color for Halloween. Exactly. <laughs> Side note. Let's go to a commercial, Michael. Let's that take was a, a lot break. to digest. The one most fit to meet all the criteria. Through all that, just say, hey, Mr. Kyria. What mother did say made the best woman win. I'm backpack, backpack, back again. Oh, bitch, like a popsicle. Hey, everyone, it's Jan from season 12. You thought see homegirl is back, and she's sweeter than before. <laughs> Baby, y'all will watch out. Ah, feeling froggy. It's Ginger Minge from the top three of season seven to the bottom four of All Stars 2. That's right, I'm versatile. I hope you like a doggy style. Oh my god. I'm Jara Sofia, Puerto Rico's Oprah Winfrey. Season 11, I came for the lunch. All Star 6, I'm coming for the dinner. Look up, bitch, I am your winner. Oh. <laughs> I have a box for delivery, but I heard you only accept them in the rear. Off to the races. Scarlet Envy back again. Representing Panama, it's Serena Chacha. Ole. Okay. Hey, Chacharinas, it's Mother Hair. Oh, ah! Ooh, girl, you got female. You know that I'm up, right? And again, well, maybe third time's charm, hell. Listen, girl, Big Mama is back. You're listening to Quarantine Bears, the podcast. <laughs> And we are b- b- back, back. What does Jan say? Back, 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 back again. again. 
I love that. That's yeah, yeah, so yeah. clever. Sure. She's cute. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. <laughs> I'm so, bitch, if I was in that workroom and she walked in with that, I would have the camera cut to me and be like, sure, sure Jan. Jan. <laughs> I guarantee you somebody says that to her at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure. Michael, um, can you bear with me for a moment? If you go to one of the theme parks in Orlando, whether it be Universal, Disney, SeaWorld, fucking, I don't even care if you go to like Fun Spot or something, and you wear a political t-shirt about somebody who is openly against our community, uh, and people look at you and curse your name or report your photos or make snide comments on posts you're a fucking dirtbag don't expect to go out wearing political shirts that say like DeSantis make Florida great again or like make Florida America or whatever bullshit his catchphrase is you're a fucking asshole Ron DeSantis is not for the people of Florida he is literally for the small margin fuck Ron DeSantis end of story that's kind of what I'm getting at I'm so tongue-tied about this because it just pisses me off Ron DeSantis if you don't know is the fucking governor of Florida he promised people of Pulse a couple million dollars to help with like medical bills and like psychologists and stuff like this to kind of help them feel better and stuff and then literally the week of pulse the five-year anniversary that motherfucker retracted it and took all that money away from the pulse survivors and their victims and their families uh and then in the same breath took all that money and put it to everybody in florida instead of the people who really needed it who were affected by pulse joe schmo on the street corner who smokes crack doesn't need this fucking money he put himself in that position the people of pulse went to a nightclub to fucking dance and enjoy who they are and that little motherfucker took all that money away from them it just boils it makes my blood boil so if i ever see anybody wearing a fucking desantis shirt at one of their theme parks where i'm supposed to escape reality and have a good time i'm gonna fucking call you out on it i'm gonna curse at you i'm gonna tell you you're a dirtbag and you don't really deserve to be alive because fuck you and fuck what ron desantis stands for end of story p.s he was a trump supporter wow really uh feeling ourselves there yeah no it's just it it really just it really grinds my gears and about it. The problem is, is when you're wearing shirts like a Trump or a Ron DeSantis or anything like that, they aren't just wearing it because they're a supporter. Like, they're not just wearing it to wear it out. They're wearing it to incite some sort of conversation or incite some sort of backlash or incite some sort of, like, fucking riot. When I wear my Hillary Clinton t-shirt or hat or whatever out, when, when I was wearing them out, I wore it because I was a supporter. I wasn't looking for you to have a conversation with me. I wasn't looking for, like, a fight. I wasn't looking for anything. And that's the difference between Trump supporters and DeSantis supporters and those of us that are normal. I wouldn't say normal, but the people who are smart enough to understand that the, the Republicans don't still don't care about our community. Right. And if you have any inkling in your mind that they do, you're just denying yourself seeing what's going on in the world. I, I agree. Even like Juneteenth just happened and there were... Finally a national holiday. It's finally a national holiday, which is amazing. And Republicans even voted for it to be a national holiday. Which is amazing. Which is it amazing. needs to be. But there were 14 Republican senators who voted no. That's disgusting. And they were all from the southern states. Of now, course they were. I, even, well, I will give Ron DeSantis something. He voted for it to be a national holiday. Okay, he gets that he one He gets that pass. one fucking pass. But it was it's just mind-blowing. I will also Fucking give, mind-blowing. He's also not Rick Scott, so I'll give him that. Fucking Skeletor. <laughs> he scares me. Rick Anyways, Skeletor. Rick Skeletor. Anyways, CJ, bear with me. If you're an organization, a company, and you decide just for three weeks in the month of June to slap an overlay of rainbow on your logo, because hello, gay, we like to sell you things. That is the most disgusting thing you can possibly do. All year long, our communities need support. We don't want you performing for us for three weeks in the month of June and then throwing us to the side like you don't care anymore when your next cause rolls up in July. Boom. Roasted. Roast. Spit roasted, sis. So yeah, I guess before we before we wrap things up, Michael, we have been doing that giveaway on our website. Oh, we have, and we haven't given them this week's catchphrase. We haven't. We should probably give them the catchphrase. This week's catchphrase is queer. Q U E E R. -E 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 -E
QueerAndSteamBearsPodcast.com. Hit the giveaway button. Type in QUEER in all capitals. That's Q-U-E-E-R, all capitals. You'll be entered to win a $20 Amazon gift card. Go to the website. We have brand new merch up that now ships worldwide. Come on, we are international divas. Yeah. Other than that, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at QueerAndSteamBearsPodcast. Uh, that is all one word. You can find us all over social media. You can find me, CJ, at the C-E-E underscore J-A-Y on Instagram, Twitter. Don't do me Facebook because I'm next. And you can find me, the lovely, talented, iconic, show-stopping, unique, never-been-done-before, stunning Michael, at Mike Burlow on Instagram and Twitter. Michael, What's you, want, up? you do want to sing us out? I will, but before I sing us out, I do want to tell everybody that you can catch us next week, Tuesday, once again at Room 22 Orlando. A night of fun, fags, and fantastic entertainment by the lovely Tora Hyman. Bam, 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 bam. Tora, Tora, Tora. Tora, 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 Tora Hyman. But anyways, I think it's time that we sing them out. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Michael's here. CJ's here. See, See you, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bears the podcast. <laughs>